Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi, Beck. So you're never going to guess what I did. Uh, no, <laughs> what did you do? I compiled some emails. We got some scare mail. Oh, yeah, okay. I Actually, thought you were going to say something a lot bigger, like, you won't believe what I did. I did three cartwheels. Damn it, I, I'm disappointing <laughs> our audience. <laughs> Too big for cartwheels. I don't know. I can do a cartwheel still. Oh, yeah, I'm like, I might have to have you show me after... <laughs> I put some uh, scare mail together. It's taken a while. We're like five months into this podcast. I'm sorry we haven't gotten to you sooner. I've been collecting. I'd also like to say hello to, was it Thailand? Yeah, it was Thailand. Hello to Thailand. It's very cool. Yeah. Thailand, if you want to get a hold of us, it's uh, to the spiritpod at gmail.com. Let's get into these scare mails. Do you want to read off the first one? Sure. Okay. Hi, Beck and Steph. Love the podcast. Thank you. Where are you located and what was the scariest experience you've had in that location? Oh. From Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Let us know where you're from. Um, maybe she's from Charlotte. Oh, maybe she is Charlotte from Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to know where our listeners are coming from. Where are we from? Well, I'm north of Syracuse, central New York. And Steph? I live right in the city of Syracuse. Yeah. Which, if you think of New York State... We're in the middle. The heart of New York. We're the heart of New York. I mean, we're not that far from the Canadian border. We're like 80 some miles away from Canada. Niagara Falls, right? Oh, and then no. there's Watertown. Yeah, up there's there. Watertown. And then A Niagara Bay. Falls, that's probably over 300 miles. Yeah, that's true. So we've got A Bay closest to us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what was her second part of her question? Um, what was the scariest experience you've had in that location? So um, here, I mean, here where you live or me where I live. Probably your scariest, I would think, would be your childhood when you grew up. In Syracuse, I would say it would be in a children's hospital. Oh, yeah. With my mom. And uh, she was a single parent. Leaving my father, we ended up at this 1800s hospital that treated, I think, pneumatic fever or something like that. I was a little kid. God, I had to have been under eight. Yeah, I was definitely little. I was like preschool, kindergarten age. And it was a haunted hospital. <laughs> I mean, I would think most hospitals are. And it was just super, super creepy. Very echoey, you know, what you would imagine. Actually, probably something you'd see right out of Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, when they go into those abandoned buildings. Mm -hmm. Except it's not abandoned. It's now a school for kids. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I've had a few throughout my life. But I would say in the past, probably since 2006 or seven, this place that I moved into in Syracuse, where I actually live now, I had a really creepy neighbor. Oh, yeah. Tell, named tell Kay, who is still alive. But I think this person had some serious mental illness, but also demonic mixed together with it. Doesn't that latch on to people with mental illness, usually, or alcoholics think, or drug addicts? They kind of get this dark energy with them. I think so. I don't know what, you know what she was like a long time ago. She looked like, if anyone had seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> she looked like... The Dracula in that movie, but oh. the old one with the big forehead and the buns and the hair. Did she climb up the walls and the ceiling? She would creep up behind you. You'd go down the hallway, and at night there was a bit of a shadow from the small light from the exit lights. You would see this shadow, but then there'd be no one there, and you'd think it was Kay. And then sometimes you wouldn't even see her there, and then she'd boom right on you. And she walked really slow. She was real quiet, but she used to do 
very terrible things that I actually started experiencing um, supernatural stuff. Because of her. Because of her. And it, it was so bad. I cannot tell you. It was terrible. But Charlotte from Charlotte, you don't want to come here. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from Syracuse Charlotte. This <laughs> is a very dark city. It's gloomy. It's dirty. People are miserable. It attracts a lot of negative energy. Doesn't she sound so happy? Now, I live north of Syracuse and I'm fine. <laughs> yes. Up here, it's fine. It's more pleasant. People are more like easygoing and, yeah, you know. More sunshine, maybe? I don't know. There might be more sunshine up here. <laughs> I can't get it. There's so many stories, but I have to say the scariest time in my life is probably encountering her as a person. She was scary. Especially if she looked like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Next email. Hey, Beck and Steph. I learned of your podcast when I was doing a search for number stations. Oh, I love that episode. I listened to your episode on conspiracies and number stations and have been listening ever since. I'm wondering if you could explain the meaning of your intro and outro of To the Spirit. Thank you and keep up the good work, Stephen, Orlando, Florida. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Okay, intro. Okay, this is kind of interesting. The intro was something that I was trying to write and I actually asked my spirit guide, Edgar Allan Poe, to help me because I wanted something creepy and kind of mysterious. And I was getting kind of, I don't know, psychic hits of words to use that I would that aren't normally in my vocabulary. So I would say Edgar Allan Poe's spirit helped me write the beginning of To the Spirit. And the outro is nobody's asked about that. And that's really cool. The outro are actual EVPs that I received in over a decade's research of doing ITC work. So when you hear To the Spirit and podcast, they actually named the podcast. The spirits did. And all those little EVPs like Divine Source and Alien, those all came through my spirit boxes and radios. So you're actually hearing spirit voices. Those yeah. are not anyone. Yep. They're not samples or they're just actual spirits. Thank you for that, Stephen. Okay. I'll take the next one. Okay. And it says it's for me too. Oh, cool. Hi there. I have a question for Stephanie. Why don't you ever do interviews? Don't get me wrong, I enjoy Rebecca's interviews, but I wonder if you would bring a different aspect to them as a fellow Catholic. Jeff. Well, the reason I don't do interviews is because I have a full-time job. She got a jobby job, Jeff. <laughs> and a lot of them that were coming up were during work hours, and I just couldn't be there. I've been there for some of them. And uh, I suppose if we do get anyone on there that has more or less like a Catholic background or faith... I would try to be there just to, you know. I'd have to have her because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know minimal. I am not Catholic, and that's why I love having her perspective on that. She works. Yep. <laughs> and I just happen to be here for the interviews. So thank you for that. And we make no money doing this <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, this is a passion project. So Steph's got to keep dollar bills rolling in. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Hello, Beck and Steph. My name is Catherine, and I was wondering if you could give any advice on what I should do. My son, Jacob Six, is scared to be in his room alone and seems to have rituals every time I try to get him to go to bed, such as telling me to close his closet door and putting his stuffed animals in his toy box. When I ask him why, he says, the man watches me or the animals move. I'm open to trying anything aside from having a paranormal team come to my house as I don't want to scare my son or make things worse for him than they already are. Oh, that's a serious one. I think Jacob is clearly seeing something. My perspective, how I'm coming at this, sage his room, sage the house. I'd walk through, if you're religious, say some prayers. If you're not religious, 
you know, maybe you can find a mantra or something online that you can say in the highest of good. <laughs> Use some white sage and just go through the house and sage it and talk to him and tell him not to be afraid because empowering him is going to be more powerful than showing him you're in fear or that you're overly concerned. So tell him that he has the power to tell that man to go away. What do you think about that? I actually agree with you. You know, to me, smoke, you know, the holy smoke, that's the Native American mm -hmm. thing, the sage. Catholics use incense, but it's for basically, you know, similar Same purposes. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. I think empowerment, prayer, all that stuff works. I know when I was a kid and I was scared, I was scared of this doll that I had. Mm -hmm. So one day I saw it moved. It probably just fell over on its own somehow, but it scared the crap out of me. Right. So my dad would do prayers with me, and that made me feel so good. I really believe, like, children have way more faith than we do yeah. as adults. So I know at that moment in time when my dad prayed for me, I felt better. I felt safe. I felt safe. And yeah. uh, it, it, it solved the problem. I wasn't really any longer scared of the doll, but I think prayer works no matter what. Even if you're not religious and you want to sit down and just talk to him about it and listen to him. You know, listen to his concerns and tell him not to be afraid. You show fear, he's going to feel feared. And just like Steph said, her father made her feel strong just by sitting with her and praying with her. Hopefully that helps Catherine. Catherine. Mm, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. So our next question. Hi, Beck and Steph. I discovered your podcast on Halloween and your episodes with Jason are my favorites as they are so zany. Wow, who uses the word zany <laughs> I know, zany is great. Will you be doing more with him as a guest? A fan, Chad. 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 <laughs> um, yes, we will be bringing Jason in on some bonuses again. We'd like to have that zaniness. But also, we are launching a little side project, and we don't know when, but we'll keep you abreast of it. And that is actually really zany <laughs> <laughs> with Jason and it's something that is nothing like this. It doesn't have any paranormal. It's just crazy uh, comedy sketch variety show type of stuff that's more geared towards adults. Right. Not that this isn't, but yeah, I definitely would uh, be prepared for some adult language and some drinking, even though I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I play one on the radio. No. <laughs> Becky makes me drink when I'm here. I'm like, I don't think I want to drink. No, you got to have at least two. I make her drink for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Chad. Hi to the Spirit Podcast. I am an avid listener of your show, but I have yet to find your website or any merch. I love your logo and would be happy to support you by purchasing a T-shirt or even a bumper sticker. Any plans in the future for merch? Maddie Lynn in Greensboro, North Carolina. Well... <laughs> No, we don't have a website yet, and we don't have any merch. Although I, I do dream about t-shirts and bumper stickers and mugs and stuff. Be kind of cool. I think it'd be really cool. I would love to wear that. Just I would rock it, and people, you know, would ask us, "What is that?" <laughs> it's a podcast, bro. <laughs> we might be shifting into that. I think we're just building ourselves, mm -hmm. and it's a slow burn. We're five months into this. You know, we're gaining a lot of popularity. We're still hanging tight on the number 11 spot in the 2021 Paranormal Podcast. So that's good. But I was thinking maybe in the future adding a Patreon and maybe in return for our listeners uh, helping us, we can give them a T-shirt or some merchandise. That's a good idea. You got us thinking there, Madeline. Yeah, I can't wait until we get, we're able to do that. It'll be great. Next question. 
Hi, Beck and Steph. Have you had any UFO experiences? This is from Jeannie, Bangor, Maine. Ah, Maine. That sounds like a UFO place. I have. I mean, I haven't been abducted or anything, but I've seen some scary... I've seen ominous things, and then I've seen things that aren't as ominous, that look like stars that float around, but I know that they're not satellites they're kind of i'll just break it down i've seen these things in the sky that look like blinkers i call them blinkers and they change color now some people say that's like an atmospheric change so they go red blue purple orange blue white you know they change Mm -hmm. but it's just weird where they're stationed and i really i don't know what they are they don't feel like a star to me but i could be totally wrong so that's one weird thing i have seen things that look like blinking white stars that go across the sky, especially in 2012. That was a crazy year. I saw a lot of them in mass. I think the weirdest things I've seen, one day I saw, with people, witnesses, a glowing white orb just above the tree line. Wow. And you could make out figures in that orb. I think one figure. Like, almost like it was a one man of glowing white ball that just floated with no sound above the trees. That was weird. That was mind blowing. I'd be blowing. terrified. <laughs> and then the scary, the scariest ones was the orange orbs. Hmm. So I was in New Hampshire when I saw an orange orb and it almost seemed menacing. Like there was that feeling, that black eyed kid feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, this thing is looking at me. It almost looked like it positioned above me. And I saw one in my backyard. In the trees. My partner kept saying, it's just a drone. It's just a drone. But there was no reason in the middle of the night this drone would be hovering in our woods. It would have got, like, first of all, wouldn't drones hit a tree and, like, wipe out? I mean, this was in thick wooded area. Yeah, and I don't know how to fly a drone, so I don't know if they actually can view from their little no. controller, like, where they're going. or do they, they can, have- but they, they usually go up high above the trees. They don't yeah. want to go into, like, tight spaces. Yeah. But this thing was just an orange light orb in the wood line in the backyard. And it was there for like 30 minutes going slowly back and forth in the wood line. And I grabbed my partner and was like, you have to see this. Like I'm looking out my sliding glass door at this thing. And I was horrified because I just thought this could just come peel the roof off the house. Like, what is it? What's going on? Is it like I had no idea. I have no idea, but that was my UFO experiences. I can't say that I've had um, experiences like that. I know when I was a kid, my sister and I would get up early to watch Saturday morning cartoons, Mm -hmm. and the sun wasn't quite up. All of a sudden, we hear this rumble. It was kind of like a a sound like like that, you know, like it was. Oh, you heard a sound? Yeah, I know some UFOs don't make any noises. Yeah, but I've heard some that do. Well, I mean, I I, not personally, but like maybe a big construction vehicle outside. Like my sister and I were looking out the window. Light was just beaming in through our house, like really bright. It was so bright I couldn't see anything out the window, and I got scared and I started to refuse. And my sister just like, "No, come and look, come and look," <laughs> and she's like just staring at. It. I still to this day don't know what it was. You could hear all the dogs barking in the neighborhood. It was. Just weird. We tried to wake my mom up. She just had my brother, Tim. Was Tim downstairs making mashed potato volcano mountains? <laughs> no, he was He was just born. <laughs> and my mom was exhausted, you know, from newborn, you know? Yeah. So to this day, I don't know what that was. I would explain that as like a UFO. You know, like it's... If you were an adult, would you hold a radio up that was like... Doo, 
I'm glad I never saw that movie at that point because um, I think I would have been freaked out. Look, I, you don't even have time to think. When these things happen, you get gut reactions. Either you want to run and hide or you're horrified and frozen or you can't believe what you're witnessing. Sometimes you even forget to grab your phone. Not that you could even record it because you, you never see recordings of these things, do you? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the ones you do see are fake yeah. or faking so easy now to do. You don't know what's real anymore. CGI and everything that people can do, it looks so legit. But I have seen things with my own eyes, so I know I have no proof other than my testimony. Yeah, I've seen a few times unusual things, but I couldn't say they weren't orbs of light. They were just strange things in the sky. They're actually some of them were during the day, so I don't know. But any alien experience, no. Aliens scare the crap out of stuff. Yep, because they abduct you <laughs> and you go very far away. You. <laughs> You go into outer space. <laughs> she can handle the demons, but the aliens, they pro- no way. <laughs> they probe you. They, they stick things, gross things in your mouth, like in the movie. What was the movie? Fire in the F- Sky. Fire in the Sky. That terrified the jelly. I, that's what set it in stone. It, it locked it in my brain. Oh, okay. Do not get abducted, period. Okay, let's see what we have here. Hey, Steph and Beck, have you ever crossed a ghost? Crossed a ghost. What was your experience with that? Cindy from Bath, New York. That's not far from us. I yeah, don't it's think. not that far. Um, but I still don't know where it is. Does she mean like crossed a ghost's path or does she mean like crossed a ghost? I think she means when people cross spirits to the other side. Okay. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steph and I have done it together as a team and I've done it alone. A few times. Yeah. yeah. We do a lot of praying. And actually, they ask for help. So it's not like we're just going around crossing people. Yeah, we don't pretend that we know what's going on. No. They ask. They and ask. And then we go, all right, let's start praying. And, and then we pray. And, and then we hear that they've made it. We've actually heard it. Yeah. They say, God, the light. And yeah. And you're like, Thank wow. you. And <laughs> sometimes they'll even stop back into a session and thank us at a later time. But yeah, I've crossed a few. On my own, it was weird and scary and it took me a while. But I did it. And then I found that Steph seems to bring stragglers to us often and uh, we have to cross them. So we've done it. We're not in the habit of doing it. It's not like we set out to do it. But if if it was required of us, we're of service. Hey, Beck and Steph, have you ever been to a psychic and has anything they said come true? Thanks, Ben. I have. Have you? No, I've never been to a psychic. Man, I want you to go to a psychic. A good one. What do you think about that? I don't need to go. Wouldn't you like to know a little something? Listen, there's a a woman I met. She came to our prayer group and she was gifted with kind of like knowing like psychicness. Yeah. Mystic. And I just wasn't interested. So I went to her. I said, I'm not interested in myself. I said, I just want. (laughs) Who is not interested? I don't know. I've never been fascinated by it. I could. I would rather not know anything of my future because. Really? I'd rather find out when it happens. What what if it's not about your future and it's about your health and she can help you? What if she's like. I know. Everything. Medical intuitive. (laughs) Oh, you know everything. So she's. I know it all. And if you stop eating grapefruit, Stephanie, your knees will feel better. (laughs) Well, you got your answer from Steph on that one, Ben. Uh, I have been to several psychics and there have been hit or miss things, but I have been to a few good ones. I've had things come true. But the fascinating thing about it is that the timeline on it, it seemed to be off. Like I expected it to happen soon after the predictions and it took like a span of five years. So by the time 
the event happened, I had kind of forgotten about it. And then when it happened, I would remember back and go, oh, my God, they told me that that was going to happen. So there's no time uh, when it comes to the spirit world. And time is not linear, right? So Mm -hmm. sometimes those predictions can be years down the road. I'm a fan. I know that there's good psychics and there's bad psychics. I'm wondering if either of you have felt the presence of a pet who has died. I lost my cat, Essence, in January. I'm sorry. And I swear I saw her in a reflection of my oven door. I believe that pets have souls, but why would they stick around instead of crossing the Rainbow Bridge? Sincerely, Yvette, Yvette, Cheyenne, Wyoming. That's a good question. I have felt the presence of an animal. How about you? I... I had an interesting thing that happened that was a dream, okay. and I believe that it was a real contact. A real contact, yeah. But I, I can't timeline it for some reason. Like I, it was a while ago. But do you remember the little dachshund that we had? Oh yeah, crunchy. crunchy. I love crunchy. <laughs> so my family had to give him away. My mom had to leave her house, and my dad was getting dementia. They moved into where my mom lives now. They couldn't take crunchy. They wouldn't allow pets. So they found an owner. And during that time, I was living in Indiana, and I would have nightmares that my dad was trying to kill it because he didn't know what to do with it, and I'd have these terrible nightmares. But not long after that, I had this dream that I was waking up to Crunchy licking my face, and I just had this weird feeling that he had passed. Oh, that's so sweet. And it was the most joyful. I, I woke up with a huge smile on my face. I thought it was real. Yeah. And I... I really do believe he was saying goodbye. I've had them come through EVP and I've actually heard barks and stuff. But when they talk, I don't know if it's the spirits talking for them, but they sound like children. They kind of they say very simplistic things like they love you or they miss you. Mm -hmm. But it's very simple. And like I said, I'm not sure if it's my spirit team that's speaking for them. Like, hey, we got so and so here with us, which could very well could be. But you'll I'll hear the names of the animals come through into the sessions of the animals that my family and I have lost over the years but it's heartwarming and it is I I can't wait to see the animals animals. yeah you just they'll be waiting for us when we cross hi supernatural people cool have you (laughs) have you ever had a spirit around you and what did it feel like how did you know it was a spirit from Des oh wow do you think he means spirit or ghost I think he meant ghost my definition of a spirit is somebody that's crossed so the presence you can feel them too. that's a total yeah. different presence though yeah. it's more of like i don't know like a glimmer of light maybe out of the corner of your eye or like a feeling of warmth almost like a comforting feeling but a ghost uh yeah arm hairs are raised feel a little electric spider webs big time you ever feel that you're walking through spider webs and you're like whoa trying to get the spider webs off you I don't know, because I would have thought they were spider webs. <laughs> well, yeah, I acted like they were spider webs, but they were in odd places for there to be spider webs. Ghosts are uncomfortable feeling. I feel like I've I'm... had different feelings for different ones. Yeah. So that's how. Like, like they're looking at you. Like they're watching you. Yeah, it's like a feeling of being watched. There's experiences that I have had where I've stayed in different people's houses, and I went through a period where it seemed like I was picking up on everything 
and it was very I couldn't sleep during the time. You feel paranoid. It was very paranoid feeling, but some had different feelings. Some had negative feelings, some had very positive. In fact, during like the height of this thing I was going through, I don't really go through it anymore. I don't know why I went through it, but it was like seemed like I was super connecting with lots of stuff. A friend of mine, her husband died and I was pretty close to them and he was quite old too. I know this sounds weird, but I was in the bathroom. I was going to the bathroom. Okay. Number one or two. (laughs) (laughs) It was one. And I was sitting there. Bathroom light was on. Door was open. Bedroom is, you know, right outside the door. Do you always pee with the door open? Well, if no one's around. (laughs) So all of a sudden, I could see with my eyes some sort of shadowy thing in the dark. And then it came to the door of the bathroom. I'm on the toilet. The shadow did? Yes. And... I knew who it was. It was the guy that died. I instantly knew who it was. I could feel him. I could feel who it was. And he was kind of a prankster, jokester type old guy. To me, it would be him to like visit me while I'm in the bathroom. I don't know. It was just a few days after he died. I really, truly felt him. And it was not scary, even though it was shadowy looking. Yeah. Not a scary feeling. So you've had positive. I don't know if I've had positive ghosts. But just because it just feels frightening and menacing and peeperish and stuff. Spirits... They feel different, like yeah. like you said. Next question. Hi, Beck. I know you do EVP. Have you ever heard a child laugh while doing EVP or had an experience with a child coming through to you? Glenn, Akron, Ohio. Yes, I have. I actually have kids that come through a lot. I've had kids that come through before they were born in my family, letting me know that they're coming in. And what's really fascinating about that is the parents would name them before they were born and they'd come through as that name. And then if they changed their mind midway through the pregnancy and decided, okay, I'm not going with Jordan, I'm going to go with Alex, the spirit would change its name to Alex. So that's kind of cool. But as far as I think maybe he's talking more ghostly. Yeah, I've had little ghosts come through EVP too. That's it can be creepy, (laughs) depending on what they're saying. I have spirit children that come through the EVP that like toys, specifically teddy bears. Any kind of toy you want to leave for them, they enjoy it. Yeah. How about you, Steph? Have you ever heard a child laugh? No. Never heard um, any audible, like, ghost things except... uh, But you've heard kids through the EVP with me. Yeah, through the EVP, and that's it. Yeah. What is that like for you to experience that, to hear them? It's it's sometimes sad because you're like, why are... we, We had this whole question on one of our episodes is, why do children who are so innocent get stuck in this purgatory type place or wherever they go it's not heaven and it's not hell so they're earthbound they're yeah they're stuck somewhere and because they're children why does it happen and we kind of conclude we don't really have an answer for it because it's it's very complicated it seems in some way because children are innocent only god knows but we definitely heard that with beck hey beck and steph my girlfriend sleepwalks almost every night and when i catch her she looks scary (laughs) Do you think sleepwalking is a form of possession? David, Toronto, Canada. Oh, Toronto. Not What's far up? from us. Yeah. Not too far from us. Canadian, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that there can be cases of that. I always thought that, well, we talked about this in another episode. Yeah. I am a sleepwalker. I was a big time sleepwalker. I mean, yeah. I'd walk out in the daytime during naps naked and grab my bike and like bring it in <laughs> i did weird stuff and i looked scary according to my brother who would find me sometimes in the middle of the night 
And he, it's like you're in a trance, though. Yeah. Know? He said I would laugh maniacally, too. It would be really creepy. <laughs> Do you remember he burned me with a lighter one time to try I, to wake I, me up? I don't know if I was there for that. I, I know the story, but I, I've seen some weird stuff from Beck, too. Um, singing in the middle of the night. Yeah. My mom caught me sleepwalking when I was a kid. I did it quite often when I was really young. And uh, she said she was scared because she thought I'd fall down the stairs or something. And she said I just walked right in, planted myself in front of a TV and started watching it. Even though it was off? It was off. I did that too. (laughs) I sleptwalk in and watched, what's that movie about motorcycles from the 70s? Easy Rider. Uh Watched the whole movie. Wasn't even on TV. Told my mom I watched the movie, explained the movie, and the movie was not on the television. And the TV wasn't on. Because <laughs> that was the night my brother caught me. and was like, what are you doing? Wow. I also was standing in front of the refrigerator. I, I think he said I was throwing meatloaf at him or something. So the question is, do you think it's a form of possession? I think it can be, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I'm sure know. there's another explanation for it. My brother one time slept walk. And peed like in a corner of his room. Yes. And I've heard of a lot of drunk people that do that. They pee into the laundry yeah, he basket. Was lit, he was little and he said he had a dream that he was putting out a fire. Oh. And it wasn't like he was using his body to put out the fire. Right. He, it was like there was a fire and he was putting it out and then he slept walk and then peed in his room. See, I never did any of that peeing type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Once I slept walk after I was drunk. <laughs> I was probably in my tw- early 20s, 21. And I ended up in an apartment in my building above me. And it was an elderly couple that must have left their door open. And for whatever reason, I thought it was my apartment. And But she, you fell asleep in your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you need to find it like you're coming home from the bar. Right. I was like- already sleeping. And I, I somehow walked up into their apartment and went in. What's weird is I remember glimpses of it. Like, I remember laying on a couch that had plastic. I remember that clearly. But I know my couch didn't have plastic on it. And then I also remember an old lady in a glimpse saying, oh, my God. Like, she was freaking out. And I remember grabbing the couch plastic and wrapping it around myself. And that's all I remember. I woke up naked in my bed. With my choker on, my makeup just smeared all over my face. My clothes were nowhere to be found. And next to me was a big plastic couch cover and an old man's cardigan. Did it have like patches on the sleeves? It did on the elbows. elbows. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening? And then I had to try to put it together. And I remember really being frantic. Like, what in the hell just happened? So once I figured it out (laughs) the best I could... What I did was I took the couch cover and I took the cardigan and I wrote a note and said, please return my clothes and here is your stuff. And I left it in the laundry room of the building. Apparently they got it and they threw my clothes all over the laundry room. They didn't fold them nicely like I did. Of course, they probably wanted to murder me or call the police. So I was just happy I didn't get arrested. So I don't know what <laughs> fueled that. Uh, maybe it was possession or maybe it was just exhaustion mixed with drunkenness. Well, the fact that you had you have a history of sleepwalking and I think it just happened that night and you had happened to have drinks that night. So that could have made it a little bit more like a blackout. My question is for the both of you. Have you ever been touched by something unseen? Elise, Olympia, Washington. I have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 
I felt my grandmother in spirit touch me. It was very warm and comforting. It was on my lower back and it was during a very rough time. I felt a lot of love coming from it. And then I've also been touched by cold, creepy things. <laughs> I've never had uh, a nice experience no? with this. No. I went through a period of definite attack to the point where I had to go to a priest because of it. And I was getting choked. Oh. Yeah. yeah and that's... lifted up out of my bed many times. What the? My sheets lifted being... up, Like you're levitating or? It's... No, it felt like someone was like, like a person was, it felt like a person was picking me up underneath my armpits. And then I'd wake up and boom, I'd fall. Did it hurt? No. But the choking was very scary because it doesn't feel like hands choking you. It feels like constriction. Yeah. So it was like I had no control over it. And I made my mom sleep with me one time because this was happening every night. Yeah. And I thought her next to me would somehow protect me from it. Imagine I'm in my 30s when this was happening. No, my mom being there didn't help. And she didn't even wake up while I'm just like, ah, oh, my oh, like Lord, suffering it. And I couldn't stop it. And I would try to pray in my head for it to stop. And it kind of would go. I think God was allowing it for some reason, maybe to learn about more things. You know, it was just it was a learning process. Yeah. Supernatural protection. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's happened to me and wow not a good experience sorry about that stuff do you think dreams are forms of premonitions i have had dreams of loved ones who have passed but they never speak to me why do you think that is emily from Fr frankfurt frankfurt Frank is that germany frankfurt germany i don't know That'd be cool if that's Germany. Maybe there's a Frankfurt. I didn't hear the accent, though. In the... Oh, <laughs> I can't even do a German accent. I'm sorry. Do you sing dreams <laughs> forms of premonition? No, that's good. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Okay. I do. I think that you can have dreams of a person that are simply dreams, but I think a lot of the times they're visitations. They're actual visitations, yes, especially if you wake up and you remember it very vividly and you hold that with you for a long time. And then they never speak to her either is that what she said was saying i had dreams of loved ones who have passed but they never speak to me okay i've had that too where it's been like one sentence or nothing at all yeah when we have our dream maybe our ability ties into it so if we're clairaudient and we hear things maybe we'll hear them speak okay but maybe if we're clairvoyant we don't hear them speak we can just see them and it's like charades or maybe it's a telepathic connection Maybe it's just something that you feel within you, clairsentience. Mm -hmm. like you feel that connection and there is no need to speak. But I've heard a lot of accounts of people that have had dreams and they've woken up and seen the person on their bedside and they don't speak or seen the person in the mirror and they don't speak. And it's probably a little unnerving. What do you think? I don't know. I like your comments on that. So I, I would agree with that. But I don't know. I always feel like... Things happen for a reason. You know, if they don't talk, I would say go by how you feel in, yeah. in that dream. Like, how did you feel? If they do talk, great. I haven't had a lot of dreams of loved ones that passed away. I've been waiting for one from my dad. Never had that. Well, you had some of our mutual friend. Did she speak yes. to you in them? Amy. Oh, gosh. I wish I could remember. It always seems it's more feeling. And it's more them. action and happening. Action. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot, I always get a hug. You, Very, you and I always get a hug yeah. from Amy. Very minimal dreams. conversation. Yeah, very small. Yeah. Hi, ladies. Oh, okay. Ronnie from Hoboken. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Do you think ghosts can see you or do they just see energy? I know for a fact they can see you. <laughs> <laughs> I have been told by people of the esoteric world that they simply see energy. And that may be the case, but I'm telling you right now, they see you. 
I think that they see you. Yeah, I've, I've. They're in a higher dimension. They can see a lot more. Than well, I, I mean, they're talking see. about ghosts. So he's oh, asking ghosts. if ghosts can see us. Well, I'll, okay, here's the deal. Yeah, maybe ghosts can't though. No, they can. They can. Yeah, because I was doing when I first started doing EVP, I was running them in the bathroom because I had read that you do it in the same location over and over until you establish contact, and then it becomes kind of a ritual. Right. Like flush the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I learned that like they need (laughs) something to propel their voices. Right. Mm -hmm. So like a radio, water. So I started with running the water in the sink and putting the recorder down. And I got some pretty decent ones. It sounded very mechanical and stuff like that. Occasionally I'd get whispers, which sounded very earthbound. And then I decided, hey, you know what? If I'm going to come in here and do this, I might as well make it during my shower every day. Right. So... I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I decided like, okay, I'm just going to take a shower and put the recorder on the sink so that the shower water will be the propellant for the voice, right? Mm -hmm. What started happening was the water is running and also water is like an energy, right? And it's running over me and it's kind of pushing this clear audience into me in this way. This energy is happening. So I'm starting to hear shit with my ears on top of it. So I would yell out market when I'd hear an actual voice, I'd hear like a name or something being said and I'd say market. So I knew the point that I heard it with my actual ears. Long story short, there started being really creepy men. I don't even know how to say this without, I do her. Look at her. She's, you know, look at, and stuff like, like really creepy. I see you. What's weird is the spirits that would come through that were cross, like family members and friends that I was calling upon to come in and talk to me, like Amy and stuff. Mm -hmm. They came through as like robotic sounding, almost like they were talking through a computer that was, you know. Changing their voice. Yeah, just kind of weird. Sometimes even chipmunky and metallic. But these voices were like, I see you and stuff like that. And (laughs) yeah. And so I knew they see more than energy because they were making very crazy, lewd comments. After that, it was like, no more. I'm not getting naked in here and getting into a shower and recording. Yeah, these are not cross spirits. No. These are ghosts that still are attached to their earthly desires, which is really scary. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and if you're living in this life attached to earthly things like addictions or any of that you're not going to cross over if you hold on to that stuff so let that stuff go right (laughs) hi beck and steph i was waking up one morning and saw my mother who has passed sitting at the bottom of my bed do you think that was a real visitation rachel in austin wow i just spoke about that that's weird um yeah i do yeah my, my mother had that experience yeah, I think that they sit. I, I felt my grandmother, like I said, on my bed with her hand on my back. I think they come in and comfort us. I also think that when you wake up or if you're going to sleep, you're in another state, like yeah. a theta type state. Yeah. And in that state, you have more of an ability to see in here. So in that waking or that sleep state, going into that sleep state, you're more on that psychic realm level where you're able to see things that the logical brain would normally shut down in a waking state. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, my mom has never had any really supernatural experiences throughout her life, but she had one that was very significant. My half-sisters, my dad's first marriage, he had four kids, and his oldest daughter, which is my sister Jennifer, got leukemia in the early 80s, and she's a lot older than me. She'd be over 60 now, like maybe 61 or 62. Wow. When she died in our house at the time, we didn't have like air conditioning at all. You know how hot and humid it is up here in the summertime. And uh, my dad was a weirdo because if he knew a storm was coming, 
he would close all the windows. So imagine the heat that would build oh, up. yeah. And I couldn't convince my dad at all to ever change that. Ooh, that's weird. My mom, she liked always falling asleep on the couch. She rarely stayed, you know, in the same bed as my dad to go to bed. So he had closed all the windows, and my mom saw a breeze coming through and the curtains in our kitchen waving. It spooked her really bad. She's like, I know he closed everything yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, I'm going upstairs. So she went upstairs into my dad's bedroom. And then the other thing was my dad is like, you know, how people sleep on one side of the bed yeah. only. He yeah. was like that. Oddly, he was on the other side. So she's like, I had to get in on his side of the bed. And she couldn't sleep. And so she just laid on her back with her legs, like her knees up in the air. And she said, all of a sudden, she saw a light starting to appear. And the light was getting bigger and a stairway started forming. And then she could see Jennifer coming down the stairs. And she was still wearing her hospital gown wow. when she saw her. And Jennifer didn't say anything. She just went up to her and put her hand on my mom's knee and then she smiled and then turned around and went back up the stairs. And then everything closed up and it was gone. And her mind was blown. And my mom, that's not her daughter. Right. And you would think, why wouldn't her own, she appear to her own mother, which right. never happened. Why wouldn't she appear to dad? My mom used to think maybe, maybe she was supposed to appear to my dad, but he was sleeping on the wrong side of the bed. And Oh, that's true. You know? Or but maybe it was for her. Maybe I somehow. think it was for her because uh, my mom took care of her. Yeah. She well, there sick. you go. You know, so she I just wanted her to know I'm okay and I'm here and I came to see you. That yes. is awesome. And she, I think, you know, that everyone's okay. Yeah. And so I, I do believe in those very much so. And I wish that more people and, and myself included could have more of those experiences. I do too. The loving ones, the ones where the children or parents or grandparents come to visit. It might scare some people, but mm -hmm. I think it would be memorable and worth it. Yeah. Keep the questions, the comments, and the stories coming. Send us your scare mails at tothespiritpod at gmail.com. We appreciate your support by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review. And thank you for being our listeners. We're growing. It's happening exponentially. Keep it coming. We love it. We love you guys. Till next time, I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. To the Spirit Podcast. Supernatural Science. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic, magic.